check the description box for a full list of citations. Saint Augustine was a philosopher that believed in the process of attributing meaning through ostensive definition. Augustine's idea was that sounds are referential, and that while names themselves are not the essence of a thing, they are given in reference to the shape or experience of something which itself possesses an essence. In the philosophical investigations, Wittgenstein argues against Augustine, first relaying his idea that the process of attributing language to our innate understanding of something's essence comes from a translation within the mind. Augustine argues that it were, quote, the natural language of all peoples, the expression of the face, the play of the eyes, the movement of other parts of the body, and the tone of voice which expresses our state of mind. Thus, as I heard words repeatedly used in their proper places in various sentences, I gradually learned to understand what objects they signified. McGinn too uses this reference as she discusses Wittgenstein's usage of Augustine as a model for referentialist philosophers. She draws attention to it because, quote, by using a passage from Augustine's Confessions written in the 4th century AD, it brings out the universality of the temptations he is concerned with, end quote. Therefore, the use of Augustine's writing and theories indicates that this conversation, one of the essentialist languages and the process of referentialism, is something that has been going on since the 4th century. Next, McGinn points out that, quote, Wittgenstein doesn't want these temptations to be linked too closely with the work of any other philosopher, end quote, indicating that it's not a school of thought, but a universal argument. So while Wittgenstein uses Augustine to draw attention to the fact that this conversation has been ongoing since the 4th century, he also wants to emphasise that this quest is not about the specifics of one writer, or even a school of writers like Augustine, but a universal argument that all philosophers are engaged in and that he wishes to critique. Wittgenstein's critique includes referentialism as a concept in itself, as, quote, Wittgenstein focuses on the picture of language as a system of science that is given meaning through each science being correlated with an object for which it stands, end quote. He believes that the process of referentialism, meaning words are creating pictures or objects that they correlate to, implies that there is, at some core, a knowledge that the student has. Specifically, that they understand already, or have an innate understanding, of what the object or image it is that they're referring to, before that name is applied to it. Wittgenstein outlines, quote, Every word has a meaning. The meaning is correlated with the word. It is the object for which the word stands, end quote. So while he understands the word itself has a meaning, Wittgenstein rejects that which referentialism implies, or insists, that the word's meaning comes from the object or thing that is being referred to. It is clear that Augustine has, quote, a tendency to think of the human subject in terms of private experience or mind, in which there are wishes, thoughts, desires, etc., and a physical interference of the outside world, end quote. In response, Wittgenstein argues that this perspective in which the private essence is translated into words to be communicated externally is an issue that comes from the idea that we have a mind separate from our body and separate from the real world, and within that mind we have innate understandings of the world or our own experience. 
Augustine believes that, quote, the primary purpose of language is to communicate the thoughts and wishes there initially locked within this private sphere, end quote. But Wittgenstein argues that it is actually the construction of this private sphere that is limiting and creating these issues of an essentialist language. Augustine assumes an innate knowledge and language of the interior mind that words are applied to for external communication, believing, quote, children will be taught to make an association between a word and a certain shape, describing this process in such a way that the child is credited with an innate insight into the techniques of assigning names to things, end quote. But Wittgenstein, by contrast, says that we shouldn't assume a child understands the naming process, calling this process of ostensive definition, quote, an act of giving the meaning of a word by pointing to it as an exemplar, end quote, misleading. As it implies, there is an innate private language in existence within the child's mind. Similarly, the process of ostensive definition tends to imply that the child generates a picture or an image of the object whenever they hear the word. However, Wittgenstein points out that the generation of an image in response to word sounds or language doesn't necessarily mean that they know how to utilize that word within everyday communication, or are able to connect it within a sentence or within an alternate context. Therefore, referentialism has faults. This is perhaps why Augustine limited himself to only the discussion of nouns and those which could generate clear images to assign language to. This limitation was another issue that Wittgenstein has with referentialist theory. The theorists tend to select and utilize facts in a way that supports their own perspective. He feels Augustine's focus on nouns means that there are many linguistic aspects that are left unconsidered, and his theory is therefore limiting the scope of understanding in order to support itself. Quote, Augustine does not distinguish between different kinds of words, but takes one sort of words, table, chair, bread, and people's names as a model. End quote. In fact, Augustine's explanation using only nouns falls flat when referring to articles or transitional or conditional words. An example is, there she is, in which the word there is a demonstrative adverb indicating she's currently in a physical place. Whereas a statement like, she's from there, requires or is reliant on an additional context in order to understand the place the there refers to, perhaps a discussion of heritage. Perhaps consider a statement like, she went there, in which there could fulfill a variety of roles depending on the inflection. The analysis of a word to find its essence is therefore impossible, as in situ we are using words in a manner that varies so greatly, yet in abstraction all meaning is stripped away completely. Wittgenstein believes that as we desire to uncover how language functions in a grand sense, in this abstract sense, the philosopher loses sight of language's functional usage, all in the effort to create some sort of mystical wow moment. McGinn notes that, quote, our general sense of a need to penetrate phenomena predisposes us to neglect the wide horizon of human linguistic activity and to focus on particular linguistic elements in isolation, end quote. This idea that we are limiting our scope and then creating theories based on that limitation in fact devalues language. Wittgenstein recognizes the value of contextual meaning, stating, quote, it is the use of a word that shows its significance and not an object that can be pointed to, end quote. Yet we seem to like the denotative meaning. We like having a fixed understanding. However, our, quote, urged for generalization may still prompt us to look for some canonical form for specifying the meaning of expressions. 
and just by being generally applicable, may still seem to capture something essential about meaning, end quote. What this refers to is the idea that we have constructed ways to provide some fixed meanings in our words, and that we tend to enjoy having that fixed understanding. However, Wittgenstein is arguing that when we are trying to find a common essential essence of meaning in the form of abstraction, beyond social convention and dictionary guidance, we are devaluing or taking away the many applications of language based in context. The denotated meaning of a word is abstract, and therefore strips away many of the contextual applications. Quote, the function of these words, as we've seen, is completely different, and putting them in common schema does nothing to establish a common feature that could be identified as the essence of meaning." End quote. So what that means is, even when we find a word and we have a dictionary definition of what that means, there tends to be many different ways of utilising that language, and the way that it's applied within context might be different. For further unpacking this, Wittgenstein uses a tool analogy, in which he recognises that words and language are used as tools. While a tool may have more appropriate applications, ones that it is best designed for, or even ones that are more socially acceptable than others, there are situations in which a tool can be used, perhaps inexpertly, in other functions to perform the same job. So instead of trying to limit the scope to separate word classes, or to use a dictionary-style way of mapping meaning, Wittgenstein uses concrete real-world examples to illustrate his argument, recognising that words need to exist in situ in order to have meaning. These meanings, he stresses, belong within the context of the examples he gives, and he makes no comment to their applicability across scenarios. Wittgenstein, quote, presents this simple language in its natural environment, which is actually functioning. It is not a system of words or sentence abstracted from use." End quote. So Wittgenstein's intention is to describe usage that gives meaning, not to make abstract claims to its nature. Quote, Wittgenstein does not use this particular concrete case as the basis for deriving any claim about the essence of language, but simply as a means to draw attention to the natural embedding of language within active lives of speakers. End quote. Therefore, he is not asking us to question a word's meaning in an abstract sense, but asking us to understand and know that word through the usage and intent. Wittgenstein is essentially rendering Augustus's commentary on language acquisition obsolete by arguing that when we abstract words from their usage, they become meaningless, and so the philosophical question about what a word, at its core, at its essence, means, is essentially a stupid question. Words exist within the world throughout usage, and discussion without context is disingenuous, theoretical, and therefore an unnecessary formation of an intellectual knot. Wittgenstein believes that, quote, instead of approaching language as a system of science with meaning, we are prompted to think about it in situ, embedded in the lives of those who speak it, end quote. And it is in those conversations, the real world, that words are attributed meaning. He argues that abstraction kills language, rendering it devoid of meaning and therefore requiring an explanation. McGinn elucidates that, quote, In this active abstraction, we turn our backs on everything that is essential to the actual functioning of language, end quote. Ultimately, Wittgenstein is not making a judgment whether something is wrong or right because it is his policy never to propose another theory. Rather, he points out that Augustine is limiting himself to arbitrary categories, and generating theories based on this limitation. 
A traditional philosopher would then believe that more categories are required in order to apply different scenarios of knowledge. However, this too falls deep into the fallacy of traditional philosophy, as, quote, he groups words and two kinds for some particular purpose with some aim in mind, but by implication, none of these classifications should be thought of as uncovering the intrinsic structure of language, end quote. The arbitrary similarities or differences no longer exist outside of context. It is this issue that Wittgenstein takes with Augustine and other referentialists and essentialists. It's the idea that through closely analysing words, in an abstract sense, we are able to uncover or discover some unlying essential truth, which through the process of abstraction is entirely impossible, since words are only given meaning based on their use in situ. Traditional philosophy is, in Wittgenstein's view, tying oneself up in intellectual knots simply for the fun of it.